Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire in darkest nights you are close like no other i've known you as a father i've known you as a friend and i have lived in the goodness of god
I want them to get ready to sing that bridge one more time, and I want you to grasp what they're saying. Don't just sing it. I want you to grasp. His goodness is running after us. I don't care where you're at today. His goodness is after you. (laughs) Can we stand to our feet one time? And as they get ready to sing this bridge, can we lift our hands? And I want you just to imagine what His goodness looks like coming after you. (laughs) Your goodness is running out. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. So, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Come on, one more time, let's all sing that chorus together All my life And all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God.
How many has he been good to this week? How about letting him know? Thank you, praise team. Just go ahead and remain standing. I'm going to read our scripture and then we're going to pray. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 8 says, I will hiss for them and gather them. For I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they and they shall increase as they have increased. I want to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, When I whistle to them, they will come running. For I have redeemed them. From the few who are left, they will grow as numerous as they were before. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that. You are faithful. God, and I thank you that you have been faithful throughout the years. And God, you're going to continue to be faithful. (laughs) So God, right now, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you today. God, and we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. God, that day in the upper room, 120 gathered. They were all in one mind and one accord. And God, the mighty rushing wind began to blow through that place. God, what better way to celebrate Pentecost Sunday than 120 coming together in this place. God, and seeing this place shaken. God, we want to hear that mighty rushing wind today. We want to see you and feel you thunder through this. God, allow us to see your Shekinah glory. God, we thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Air high five, somebody. We're still talking about more this week, and, and, I, and I, it kind of just worked that it went right in with Pentecost Sunday, but I love what... The book of Zechariah says there, and I love how the New Living Translation says, he says, when I whistle to them, they will come running, for I have redeemed them. From the few who are left, they will grow as numerous as they were before. Now, we have talked about the last several weeks about more, and last week we talked about, um, we, we talked about when more of the Lord shows up, it's evident with rejoicing. The people rejoice when God shows up and when the glory of the Lord falls. The rejoicing takes place. And Scripture points to rejoicing. When when God begins to do amazing things, rejoicing follows that. But however, there are more things that are seen when the presence of God is manifested in a place. And, And these are just as important as rejoicing because one thing about rejoicing I understand, and and Cordell has even mentioned this several times, when we rejoice and we dance and we shout and we do all those things, there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes we get in our flesh. And the, the flesh takes over in those moments. But there are some indicators that, that God has shown up that are far more than just our flesh. There are some things that when God shows up, it's undeniable who is in the house. You see, God comes to His people for some extremely specific reasons. God doesn't just come so we can get emotional and have a feeling. 
God doesn't just show up in a room so we feel good. God doesn't just show up in a room and give us goosebumps and allow the hair on the back of our necks to stick up. That's not why God enters into a place. God shows up so He can touch His people. God shows up so He can change His people. God shows up to transform His people. God shows up to feel, F-I-L-L, His people. When the true presence and manifestation of God and the Spirit of God shows up in a place, people will be touched, people will be changed, people will be transformed, and God's people will truly be filled. He wanted Zechariah to tell the people very clearly. He says, when I show up, when I get there, when the party starts, things are never going to be the same. That's the problem with church folk. Oh boy. You see, they want Burger King church. They want it their way. God, hold the lettuce, hold the onion, hold the pickle. No, God, when he shows up, he's going to pour it all out. We don't get to pick and choose. You see, we have, what we have done in the church is we have created a church hopper society. If they don't like the new challenges or the new vision of a church because it's not their way, all they, they, they well, I'm just going to go to another. But we've created a church hopper society, and, and we have that mentality. But here's what I'm finding out more and more and more. The true message of Jesus Christ isn't popular in most churches. Pastors do not want to tell their people that God wants to mess them up. God wants to radically change you. Fountain of life. God has a plan for our lives, and it's His plan. It's not our plans. And if we are literally and truly going to allow Him to do it, it's going to radically change who we are inside and out. We've got to understand that. But here's the thing. God needs a people who will respond. That's an indicator of more, is when God's people begin to respond. Part of the restoration process involves you responding to the voice of God when He speaks. When I whistle to them, they will come running. It's like trying to get somebody's attention without everybody else knowing it. David, do you know my voice? I'm trying to whisper, but everything in the world's drowning me out. That still, small voice among all the noises in our life, trying to get our attention, that small whisper, God trying to reach us, and we can't afford to miss the... We can't afford to miss the moments that God calls the hiss or the whistle. It's not a shout. It's not a, so much of that roaring wind that we Pentecostals love. Sometimes it's just a simple pss- The whistle. It's like that still small voice in Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. You see, God wasn't in the fire. God wasn't in the windstorm. God wasn't in the earthquake. It was that still, small voice. It was a whisper, God calling. And here's my question is, are we ever going to silence ourselves so we can hear the voice of God? 
He's just asking us to respond. I can remember several years ago when I was youth pastoring here, and we went to Winterfest, and we were, uh, Gaddy's was still in, in Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge, and we were all at Mr. Gaddy's, and I can remember we were all sitting in the back table, and the place was full of kids, and we were sitting, and we were eating, and I can remember going, I was getting ready to go get a refill, and I got away, but I can still hear all the kids screaming, and our kids screaming, and all that good stuff, but I can still remember my wife saying, get me another Dr. Pepper. The voice was familiar, and I heard it amongst all the crowd, amongst all the noise, everything that was going on, I heard the familiar voice that said, will you get me a Dr. Pepper? We got to drown out all the other noises and hear his whisper, and not only that, we have to respond. Especially in time when everybody's riding off the church. Especially, you know, we're pushing the gospel of Jesus in the background, hoping that these Christians will just shut up and hoping that Christianity will just go away. Well, I got news for the world. I got news for this community. I got news for the state of West Virginia that God built a church and He said the gates of hell was not going to prevail against her. So we have to understand that. But He was... How, how awesome to know that God only has to hiss or whistle and those who are desiring more of Him, those who are desiring more power and more passion, they're going to hear it. Well, why are they experiencing revival and I'm not? Why is their family experiencing the things of God and mine isn't? I'm going to give you just one brief uh, 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 bit of information. Slow down, be quiet, and listen. Listen. Church, it doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter how distant you think you are and what you need to be. All it takes is a simple, yes, God, I'm ready. Transform my life. I'm ready to hear your voice. And when you hear it, he's saying respond. If we're going to receive more of God, we have to be ready to respond. I'm the type of person that things have to be wow or they have to be obvious. God, write it in the clouds. Spell it out on a billboard for me. I've got to know. It's got to be obvious. But I'm praying that I get to the place to where only it takes a whisper and I respond. It just takes a whisper and I respond. Who's ready to respond to the nudge of God, the whisper of God? You see, I want to get to the place when we come to this sanctuary, when we come to the house of the Lord, we don't have to get warmed up. It don't take two songs to get us fiery. We don't have to be drug into worship. From the moment that we hear, well, we don't hear it, it's off. That didn't work out, did it? But from the moment their fingers hit the keys or strum of a guitar, we're ready. That's all it takes. No begging God for anything, just responding to God's call and worship. From the moment we step into the room, there are millions of Americans around the world that, that just claim to be spirit-filled. What would happen if all of us who claim to be spirit-filled lived in response to God's voice, His whisper? I believe that people would just have to pull their cars over because they would be weeping for their cities and their towns. 
I believe they would have to go tell somebody that is hurting about the love of Christ and the peace that is beyond comprehension. I believe if we were truly listening to the whisper of God, we would not just talk about praying for people. We would be laying hands on people and seeing them recover. I believe that if we were truly sensitive to the voice of God and hearing His whisper, we wouldn't just be talking about the devil. We'd be casting him out. No, he's getting crazy now. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's what Jesus wants us doing. Greater things. Jesus wants us seeing signs and miracles and wonders. He wants the world to see signs, miracles, and wonders following a church that is listening to the whisper of God. He wants us to be restored. The surest sign of God's presence is when restoration hits. God does not want emotionalism. He wants change. And I've always said it, and I get in trouble for it. But what good does it do you laying on the floor if you get up and never change? What good does it do to shout all over the church and swing from the chandeliers if God never changes you? Oh, boy. He wants to set people free. He wants to restore what the enemy has destroyed. When God shows up, we don't remain the same. Restoration is what he wants for his people. Look at these scriptures. Isaiah 49, verse 6. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Isaiah 57, 18. I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. Jeremiah 27, verse 22. They shall be carried to Babylon and there shall be until that day that I visit them, saith the Lord, then will I bring them up and restore them to this place. Jeremiah 30, 17, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee out an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Joel chapter 2, verse 25, and I will restore to you the years of the locusts that have eaten, the, the canker worm and the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Nahum chapter 2, verse 2, for the Lord will restore the excellence of Jacob like the excellence of Israel, for the emptiers have emptied them out and ruined their vine, their vine branches. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9, for then I will restore to the people a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord all throughout the Bible God is a God of restoration and when God shows up things become restored uh, I've been watching this show on Netflix and it's an amazing thing this guy he's a nut and he goes out in his backyard and he's got a, all kinds of cars and they're rusted and messed up and jacked up and he just goes and gets them and brings them and then within an hour it's all restored he does it all in an hour I watch it But that was, that's what God wants to see. That, I mean, to, just to think what that car looked like when he got it out of the junkyard and brought it into his shop and they begin to do all these things and it comes out looking all nice and like, I want to buy that. But Talena won't give me $50,000. So, but God is a God of restoration and when God restores, it's a beautiful thing. 
God is a God of restoration. And like, uh, unlike us, standing around and trying to figure out, you know, why somebody is stumbling and, why, and we're condemning them for messing up, you, that's condemnation. That is not what God does. God does not just stand up looking around trying to find somebody. Well, they're stumbling. I guess I'm going to throw wrath on them and judgment. God is, uh, that is not who God is. God simply goes to the brokenness of their lives and he brings about change. We got to understand that. I'm glad some church people are not God. Just an FYI. Condemnation is not a spiritual gift. Well, so-and-so messed up. And they smile about it. I knew it. I knew it. David's reaping what he said. Bless God. They deserve it. That's how we act. We had that mentality in the church that some people, they don't deserve grace and mercy. We have that mentality that their sins are just so bad. They deserve judgment. And if we're, you know, and if it were up to some church people, judgment is what they would get. And that mentality is the complete opposite of God. Because God thought it was so important to send His one and only to redeem us. Rather than sitting in his comfy king chair, he did something about it. And the Bible says that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever that believeth on him should not perish. God decided that he was going to do something about the brokenness. I'm not going to sit in my king chair and sling insults at somebody that is broken. I'm not going to sit in my king chair and add salt to the wound of somebody who is broken. I'm going to get off of my chair and I'm going to send my one and only son to die so that they don't have to live in brokenness. That message is still true today. God wants people restored. More of Him. Well, Pastor Mick, you don't know what all I've done. I just, I've went too far. I don't care where you are, no matter how far you are from God right now, He can reach into your life and fix your brokenness. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 9. I will sow them among the peoples, and they shall remember me in far countries. They shall live together with their children, and they shall return. God's people, because of the messes they had gotten themselves into, they become distant people. That's what's, it's, no, it's the same with the church. What happens is, we, because of the messes that we get ourselves into, we distance ourselves from God, and that's what was happening here. They were far from what they used to be. They were experiencing the same feelings and the same problems that you and I feel today when we get separated from God. Some of them felt so drained. They were trying to follow God in ungodly places. They were struggling to carry on because they knew how far they had moved from God. Listen to what the psalmist said in 137. By the rivers of Babylon, they were sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion... We hanged our harp, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there 
They that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they wasted us, and they, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Church, it's easy to get discouraged when you're trying to live for God and nobody seems to care. It is easy to get discouraged in a culture that is is on a fast track to destruction. It's easy to get discouraged when we're surrounded by more and more ungodliness. It's easy to get discouraged when we're surrounded by so much hate and so much violence. It's easy to get get so discouraged when we're surrounded by political corruptness all around us. With every Supreme Court decision, every election cycle, the church is shoved further and further down abortion gay marriage separation of church and state along with so many other biblical mandates and it seems like we are powerless to do anything about it and i mentioned last week the church itself is moving away from the supernatural move of god church has become a place of entertainment we've gotten to a place Just so we can sound good, we're going to go hire musicians and singers that's been in the bars and the clubs all night singing. We're going to hire them to come in and lead us into worship the next day. Now, how stupid is that? And if you're watching, that's stupid if you're doing it. Stupid. Come in drunk and wiped out and going to lead us into the presence of God. You can't fix stupid. How can God move in a worship service with all that? God knew we were headed down this path long before we started it. But He prepared a way out. He knew your financial struggle. He knew all your sins that you would struggle with. He knew the losses that some of you would endure. He knew the loneliness some of you would have. He knew it all from the foundations of the world. And here's what's amazing. He made a way out. He gives us free will, free choice. When I decide, when I decide to move closer to Him, we open our situation for Him to intervene. And guess what? He promises that if I ask, I'll receive. If I seek, I will find. And if I knock, it'll be open unto me. That's his promise. That's his words. Church, as a pastor, I get so frustrated and tired of losing people to the world because they refuse to allow God in their situations. You see, we want more. And we say that. But if you really do, nothing can and nothing will stop you from getting more. Nothing. There is no hindrance in your life bigger than God. God wants people restored. There, again, Zechariah chapter 10, verse 11. And he, will, and he shall pass through the sea with affliction and shall smite the waves in the sea. 
and all the deeps of the river shall dry up, and the pride of Assyria shall be brought down, and the scepter of Egypt shall depart away. God makes it clear. He's going to restore them, and nothing is going to stand in His way, and nothing is going to stop Him. Any person, any church that takes a stand to passionately pursue more of God, nothing can stand in their way. Somebody needs to hear this. Obstacles cannot hinder you. Some of you need to say that to whatever the obstacle is in your life. You need to tell it. You can't hinder me any longer. Those things that are in your way that seem so huge and unmovable, they're powerless to God. It's time for some men and women to be strong in their faith and say to their mountain, move. The places that you never thought you would cross if you would just tell your mountain to move. Those giants, those stones have already been thrown and the giant is down. There's more, church. God wants us to have it. A a last day outpouring of God. Who wants more? I think it's time that we say goodbye to our debt. Say goodbye to our sickness, to our sins, to our critical spirits, to our gossiping tongue and our backbiting tongue. And I could go on and on about the tongue, but the past, all these things, it's time we crucify those things and ask God, help me. I want more. I want to be who you want me to be. God wants to take care of it today. There's more. Sure, there's going to be challenges. You're in a war. I don't belittle anybody's struggles and their obstacles, but I'm just telling you that God is bigger and do not let your struggles keep you from the things of God. Those obstacles, they look so big, they look so immovable, but guess what? He'll flatten them. The power and presence of God will flatten them. They will look so trivial once you encounter more. I want to see revival in southern West Virginia. Not just in our church. I want to see revival sweep through southern West Virginia. Not for something old that happened years ago. I want fresh anointing, fresh outpouring. I don't, I don't want to bath in yesterday's revival. My passion for revival in our community has no form. It has no structure. It has no name. It's just God. That's all I want is God to show up and move in our lives. God, I want you to save. God, I want you to restore. God, I want you to remove. God, I want you to reclaim what is rightfully yours. Look at what Zechariah says in chapter 4. Verse 6 and 7 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by My spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Your obstacles, your mountains become flattened, not through us, but by the Spirit of God that breaks the yoke of bondage. Flatten your mountains. Isaiah 64, 1 says, Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, and that the mountains might flow down at thy 
presence. How many are ready to see some mountains move? More. More. Well, I want to tell you, it's not coming through a better worship team. It's not coming through a great youth ministry. It's not coming through a great children's ministry. It's not coming through my next great sermon. It's coming through God who can shake and flatten mountains. Our enemy is not going to stop attacking, church. You can forget it. He's not going to stop. In fact, it's going to get worse. So you better put your big boy pants, big girl pants on, and get ready to fight. Because it's not getting easier. But he cannot stop you from obtaining more of God. Zechariah, again, 10, 11, And he shall pass through the sea with affliction and shall smite the waves in the sea. And all the depths of the river shall dry up and the pride of Assyria shall be brought down and the scepter of Egypt shall depart away. Satan is full of himself in these last days. It seems like he, he's got a grip on the church and it's resulted in powerlessness and passionless Christians. We're worried about everything else. He has polluted the church with false teachers. He sidetracked us from our mission as a church. He's moved our focus away from wanting a move of God. Church, there has to be more than just this. There has to be more than this. I know that the love of many is going to wax cold, but I declare not here. Not at Fountain of Life Worship Center. This is going to be a place that endures the attacks of the enemy, a godless culture, and we're going to experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to be part of the pitiful. We're going to become powerful. As this praise team comes back, I believe, church, there is a total transformation coming to Fountain of Life Worship Center. Our greater days are still ahead of us. Zechariah 10.10 says, I will bring them again also out of the land of Egypt and gather them out of Assyria. And I will bring them into the land of Gilead and Lebanon and place shall not be found for them. Gilead and Lebanon, places that had never been inhabited before, heights that had never been conquered before. Church, God not only restored them, but He gave them more power than they ever had before. God doesn't just make us feel better, He wants us better than ever. He wants a church that is thriving. Habits, some of you all are fighting today. He doesn't want you just to quit. He wants to set you free. Loved ones you have prayed for over and over, and some of you may have even given up on them. He wants more conviction on them than ever. These dark areas in Boone County that have been dominated by spiritual wickedness, God's going to use this church to shine the light and illuminate some dark areas. This church right here, God wants to transform it into a powerhouse. Hundreds, if not thousands, are going to become set free because of ministries out of this church. 
God wants a church that's moving forward. He's tired of just sitting and waiting on Him. That's what we say all the time. We, we say that prayer. God move. God do. Church, God's already done everything He has to do. He's given us the authority to do it now. Matthew chapter 16, 18, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Obstacles can't hinder us. If we walk in the power of His Spirit, His might, obstacles can't hinder us. Our victory is dependent upon what He does in our lives. The more He does, the greater our victory. One more scripture. Luke 22. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prepared for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He's praying for us. Who's ready to open their hearts this morning for more of what He wants to give? Can we stand to our feet? If you're here this morning and you're lost, He's already given you His Son. Some of you, there's habits that are hindering you more and more and more. But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll give it to Him today... He'll take it. And you won't just quit. He's going to free you. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Some of you, you've given up on your loved ones. I'm telling you to throw some more logs on the fire. This community, who's ready to take it back? Who's ready to turn graves into gardens this morning? (laughs) Turn mourning into dancing. Give beauty for ashes. Turn our shame into glory. They're getting ready to sing this song, and this is my altar call. If you're lost and you want Jesus, meet me in this altar. We'll pray. If you're saved, but there's habits... Hindering you, meet me in this offer in this altar. He wants to free you. Some of you, you've given up on your loved ones. Come and throw some more logs on the fire. And if you're ready to take this community back, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to raise your hands and I want you to begin to sing this song. If you're lost, come. If you're fighting habits, come. If you're praying for lost loved ones, come.
Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.